Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Good morning, folks. Friday, August 21st, and this is your daily financial news. A couple of quick things for you. First and foremost, I am going to try a live stream Q&A session tomorrow at 8 a.m. Pacific. So if you have ever wanted to ask me a question, if you ever want to just dive deeper maybe into one of my answers, um, you know, usually we go back and forth over the comments. Uh, I want to try one more live session. I think we've done five or six where I kind of collect questions throughout the week. Uh, but again, we're going to try this at least for a second week. Um, you know, my general thought about the question and answer session Saturday at 8 a.m. is people like it. Uh, it's generally a 45 to 55 minute session where we go wherever the questions take us. And again, I want to try the live session tomorrow one more time, kind of compare and contrast. I want to hear from you. What do you like? The seated questions, which I think we cover more topics, but maybe we don't go as deep. Uh, the only issue with the live session, uh, which was pointed out by some of the other subscribers, is it really depends on the questions I get, right? Uh, so if you want to be a part of this, you want to make tomorrow fun, uh, plan to be a part of this at 8 a.m. tomorrow. I will, of course, do the daily financial news at 7.30 on Saturday, so we still do this on the weekend. So in the end, it is for you. So let me know, you know, if you're going to be there, great. Uh, if you have a question or two that maybe you want to see just in case it's slow, great. But my intention is to answer questions with the people that are on tomorrow. So just know that that is coming. Uh, second, most of this particular daily financial news will be about the blowout existing home numbers. Uh, I have a couple of topics that I collected before that number came out. It came out about 7 o'clock, I think, maybe 7.10. Uh, so a couple of things I noted just before that was uh, Ross stores, uh, kind of the opposite of Target and Walmart. They were down 33%. Uh, kind of a specialty discount retailer wasn't declared um, a necessity. So again, I think the government has picked winners and losers. And um, that is uh, unfortunate. Estee Lauder also had some really disappointing news you know, uh, you, if you're really in specialty and makeup and things of that nature and you need a big box retailer, kind of bad number. So, again, winners and losers. Uh, good morning. Uh, Joe Biden spoke yesterday. I think I, that was the one speech that I was looking forward to just to see. Right. I think if you've been paying attention to the news, uh, there is a talk track out there that he might not be all there. Um, I really don't know what to look for. I'm not a medical expert, but. As someone who has given speeches uh, in front of up to 10 or 12,000 people, I thought it was pretty well done. I didn't see, uh, I didn't see, you know, senior moments, if you will. Now, I think it's clear he was reading from a teleprompter. Uh, so that is probably easier to control. It wasn't, it didn't require ad hoc thinking or interaction. Uh, but Again, as an independent party who's got no favorites, I think he exceeded expectations. I think we were all told to expect something, and I didn't see anything. Uh, when I summarize what I have read about the Democrats,
Democratic convention, uh, I think they, I think their goal was not to make it about policies, uh, but basically, hey, we have a nice guy, a nice guy who cares, probably is what they're, what they were going for, and the other guy, not so nice. It's interesting that they, they uh, did, um, that that's what they're going for. They're not making about policies. They're not making it about other things. Um, they're making it about, hey, I'm a nice, decent person. So, no, now we can see what uh, the Republicans have to say next week. Uh, again, I think I've been clear. I'm, I'm going to be voting for hope. I want to talk about a better future. Uh, so the Republicans have a chance to do that. Uh, but they also have a chance to shoot themselves in the foot and make it about name calling and, you know, all of those other things that we have seen. So we'll see. It'll be interesting, right? Just more data points. Um, yeah, just more data points. But again, I thought, he, I thought, you know, again, didn't, didn't make up my mind, but I think he exceeded expectations. Uh, I saw something from John Deere. Deere uh, reported, I think Deere, Caterpillar, although Deere is more farm, Caterpillar is more infrastructure, but kind of same area. Uh, Deere uh, was able to beat on the top and bottom line, uh, which was, I don't know, okay. The line that I took from their uh, earnings announcement is they have created a $175 million reserve for Q4 employee separation. Employee separation, you know what that all means, right? That means layoffs, permanent layoffs. I don't know how many people are involved in 175 million, million uh, employee separation, but it ain't one. So again, I've tried to tell you before, uh, I have managed large, large teams through a recession and at companies who report every 90 days I promise you there are Excel spreadsheets being sent around at kind of second level management going, which three are we cutting from your organization? It's happening. That's what happens in a recession. You're going to see companies meet the bottom line by re removing variable costs. And the biggest variable cost for most companies is people. We're not done. And if these idiots in DC don't come to an agreement, and build the bridge that we have built halfway, it will get worse. We need to get to next year. We need to let we need to give science a chance to catch up. But it's on them. And the fact that they went on summer recess instead of locking themselves in a room until you have to do something is disappointing. Uh, what else did we get? Oh, I saw an art I saw an article yesterday about crypto in China, which I thought was interesting, so I clicked on it. Looks like $50 billion has moved out of um, China in, you know, via the crypto market. Uh, if you don't know, Chinese citizens are only allowed to own $50,000 in foreign currency. Uh, so some are, some are expecting this uh, loophole uh, to be the rich moving out of China. $50 billion is a big number. Uh, I just wonder what it really means. I often say follow the money. Right, follow the money. What are the rich doing? Um, now, fifty billion is a drop in the bucket for all of China, so don't get it twisted. But it is interesting that um, you know their managed economy. They've tried to control the exodus out. 
uh, but they're still finding way via the crypto market. So I would expect the Chinese government to come in pretty hard and shut that down if, um, if they don't want to do that. Uh, Amazon, again, we've talked about it a couple of times. Seattle is making a mistake. Uh, they are picking on employers in Seattle and saying, hey, we need a bigger piece, bigger slice of the pie. Uh, so Amazon saying, all right, fine, we will take our, uh, our cash. And we're, they're buying, uh, already buying offices in six other major cities. I tried to look at what the cities were. I couldn't find it. Uh, but earlier we reported about them evaluating 10 other markets. Uh, so it looks like they're spending a billion five on six markets outside of Seattle. Uh, and uh, much like the rich, when you know AOC wants to tax the billionaires, the billionaires don't come home. And when Seattle wants to get aggressive and dip into Amazon's pocket, uh, they, um, you know, they, they move out. So uh, it's simple behavior, right? I, I don't get it. Uh, CBL Properties, again, a big mall operator. I think the second largest mall operator to Simon Properties. Looks like bankruptcy is still on the table. Uh, earlier in the week, it looked like they successfully restructured $1.5 billion. Uh, according to articles, they thought that was the big lever to avoid bankruptcy. But uh, just a couple of 48 hours later, they're like, mm, no, I think we got to go bankruptcy uh, now, again, this could be negotiation tactic uh, as they look to restructure additional debt because they are debt burdened. Uh, but uh, this is what's going to happen. As we talked, as I talked yesterday in one of my live streams, uh, the commercial market, which is where you would throw malls, is um, in the retail market. Uh, there's a lot of pain, a lot of restructuring coming, and the rich are going to take a hit. Uh, the financial crisis that you and I, or most of us, went through in 06 to, I don't know, 9 or 10, that was very residential, right? That hurt us. I think a lot of the pain is going to hurt banks and the rich, um, which may trickle down to us, but you, our balance sheets, for the most part, aren't going to be impacted. You and I don't own malls. You and I don't own office buildings, uh, but we do own a home. And uh, as we're going to talk about, homes are going to be more valuable next year, at least in most markets. So let's talk about that exciting existing home sales number. This is the big number of the week, ah, second big. I think the unemployment number on Thursdays, unfortunately, are going to be the big number each week for the next two or three months. But this was a close second, and it was a blowout number. Uh, existing home sales for the month of July, so relatively recent data. And these are sales. These, are mean, these means closings, not pending. These are closings. Uh, up 24.7% month on month. That's amazing. That's the highest ever, strongest ever. Uh, the total sales were the highest since December of 2006. And I invested in 2006. And today's market is different. And I'm trying to, trying to share that with you. And, and I did a video yesterday, the day before on bidding wars. Go check that out. This is very different than 06. 06 was dominated by investors getting bad loans, fake loans. Um, today is owner occupants. And it is renters from big cities becoming owners in the suburbs. I think this is an investable trend. I think if you are an owner in a big city like New York, San Francisco, LA, Seattle, good chance your property value goes down 12 months from now. But boy, if you're in a suburb of one of those markets, woo-wee, prices are going to go up. And if you're in the affordable market 
in one of those suburbs, man, you are going to get a double whammy. It's going to be it's going to be awesome to own property uh, in that kind of segment of the market. Next up, uh, we saw a month of supply down again in a month. It went from 4.2 to 3.1. I don't recall it ever dropping that much. Um, crazy. A median price set a record, 304 grand. First time the country, the country is over 300 grand. Oh, by the way, even if you inflation adjust the 06 peak, we are 3.4% above that. Now, remember what I talk about all the time? Consumers and cost of capital. Consumers are changing. There's the rush out of the big cities. And there's a flip from renting to owning. Space is good. Question is, can you find that investment trend? It's in the suburbs. It's in the affordable priced markets. This is, this, is, this is a good time to add inventory of affordable, conservatively financed, one rental at a time. If you need a reminder, one rental at a time. Because this will pass. This health crisis is closer to the end than the beginning, in my opinion. And if you can get fixed rate debt with a three on it, even if you had a four, that would be really cool. Uh, and again, remember affordability is the thing I wrote about in my book that really saved us in 06. We got out at the top. We are nowhere near the top of the affordability index for most markets. Again, the big cities being excluded, New York, LA, San Francisco, they've been unaffordable for 100 years probably. But again, the investable markets like the one I'm in in Fresno and like many other suburbs of those big cities, you have plenty of room to rise, right? The other thing about 06 is interest rates, as I recall, were in the sixes. Today, they're in the threes. And if you, believe, if you can buy, if, yeah, if your payment is the same, but every point that drops, you can buy an extra 50K house. And if the interest rates used to be six and now they're three, that's $150,000 and you, your, your payment's the same. That's why prices are going to go up. In the suburbs, prices are going to go up as long as interest rates stay down. Now, if interest rates go from three to four, well, now you don't have a 150K swing, you've got 100. But just watch these things. This cost of capital and consumers is where it's at. That is what I've built one rental at a time on. That is what I look for every day. Uh, the last thing I, oh, prices. So I talked about 304. Eight and a half percent, eight and a half percent up. We are going to see double digits, no question. We're going to see double digit home appreciation for um, the U.S. Think about that. That is crazy. If you get 10% appreciation on an asset that you put 20% down on, think about that. Let's just do quick math in my head. Assume it's a 200K house. You put 20% 20, uh, 20 down. So you put 40K down. Now that 200K house goes up 10%. That's 20K in improvement. So you just made 50% on your money. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying bet on appreciation. It's, it's, appreciation for me is the whipped cream and sprinkles. 
that 200K house, better cash flow, better not be an alligator, uh, better allow you to hold for long term. You better have 30-year debt on it. If you have all those things, poof, a 50% return on your money ain't bad. That's just what's going to happen. Prices are going to go up. This, this movement of millennials who now are in their 30s becoming owners instead of renters, the move out of the cities is an investable trend. There's going to be a lot of pain in the big cities. If you're a landlord in a big city, oh, I feel for you. Oh, some of those people are going to lose their properties, no question. But if we're a landlord in the suburbs, pretty good time. So that's what I got for you today. Um, I believe I'll be talking with Jonathan Twomley here in a few minutes. Uh, we had to move our Thursday call to Friday. I believe that's still on, so I look forward to that. Uh, and of course, everybody have a great uh, day or weekend if I don't talk to you. But remember, 8 a.m. tomorrow, live Q&A. Please join and help me drive some questions. Thanks. Bye.